What's up, everyone? It's Isaac Smolden, the production manager here at my house. Just reminding everyone that this is part two of a three-part conversation with Josh Freifogel. If you haven't listened to part one, we'd recommend going back and listening to that before you listen to this episode. That episode title is (gasps) Society with Josh Freifogel. Also, a quick reminder that the Views expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of Matsu Youth Housing or its management. With that out of the way, let's get into part two with Josh Freifogel, Corporations and AI. Percent of the time, I have no idea what I'm talking about. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. What's nice? It gets the people going. You're now listening to Diagnonsense. Look at all this damage! With Justin Pendergrass and Kurt Honak. You are a sad, strange little man. And we would just be idiots saying nonsense. The, uh, the corporations, uh, when you talk about these organizations, uh, I've, in my business, I work with so many different people and organizations, and I much prefer to work with human persons than corporate persons mm. or, because corporate persons don't exist. We, they only exist because of a faith-based system. We believe they exist. We <laughs> proclaim they exist. We declare that they exist. Mm. We write it on paper, and we all write at the bottom that we agree that that paper is proof that something exists. But literally nothing actually exists. Wow. That's wow. Just profound. like money. It's all it's made up, everyone. <laughs> Society. Well, they are Corporations the are fiat. They exist because we... We say they exist, which is a throwback to authoritarianism, which is author authoritarianism. It's the idea Hmm. that you can, uh, that the king, by virtue of divine right, made something true by saying it was true. Wow. So that's the root of the idea of authoritarianism. So to this day, we still have this concept of summoning this corporation out of nothing. And you have to ask yourself, uh, and the, the free market, often called capitalism because Marx called it capitalism, but the, the free market <laughs> right. has existed um, every time anyone's ever freely traded. It's in, in theory, it just exists when you make a free trade with someone else, services or goods, whether you use paper money or barter. That's the free market. And the free market gets a bad rap because of corporations, Right? right, because corporations exist, and corporations are capable of amassing wealth over generations. Like I always, I always compare it to, for example, I've got a business, and when I die, I'm going to hand that down to my inheritors. Right, my children, my sons, in my case, will have this property, such as it is, whatever it is. Um, now, if I haven't invested in in their character, if I haven't put time and real empathy and love into my children, they're going to squander what I've built. Mm. Okay? So children, when they inherit something, if you haven't also given them character over time, then they will lose it much quicker than they, uh, than you, than it took you to gain it. Right? <laughs> Corporations mm. reduce liability. That's why you always hear the term limited liability. Uh, an LLC, for example, says it in the name, but all corporations exist to limit liability. That's their only function. 
and people forget this, there's really no other practical reason for a corporation to exist except it gives you benefits by reducing liability. So the officers of a corporation exist with this barrier of protection between what they're doing and their own responsibility for what they're doing. So when they succeed, they divvy up the profits. When they fail and do something criminal, they they throw their hands up and say, it wasn't just me. I was just doing my job as a corporate officer. So corporations exist to create less liability. Well, liability and liberty go hand in hand. You can't have liberty and not be responsible for your actions. Liability is responsibility for your actions. So limiting liability necessarily diminishes liberty in a society. So the more corporations you have, the less human beings you have in charge of your society. The this less is, oh, this is so where's my email. See, we just got all put on a ban list. <laughs> that could hear my email go off. There no, no, this is, this is fascinating because I've been obsessed with, I don't know if you've heard of the cyberpunk universe lately. I've heard of it. Okay, so in this, in this universe... You have um, basically the world's been diminished down to like these mega corporations. And so everything is a game to reduce their liability for uh, like transhumanist experimentation yep. where they're experimenting on people with drugs and uh, cybernetics and stuff like that. And I'm so fascinated because I'm there was just a, a Netflix series, um, Edge, Runners, Edge Runners, that came out. Yeah, that was one of the my favorite animes of all time so far and, uh, and uh, explores that universe of like, you know, uh, you know, the, the, even the corporations inside the cities are, are playing the uh, national corporations between each other. And then at the end of the day, the common person is just kind of this guinea pig that, that turns into, you know, whatever, whatever their design is, you know, and, and everything is so convoluted that it, it reminds me of when I was reading uh, about pharmaceuticals. So it was like, wow, nobody's told me this, this information that I have right now. Like, like I, I wasn't told this when I was being prescribed these drugs and, mm -hmm. and, and it starts to get eerie when you, when you think about, you know, you, you go into Fahrenheit four, five, one mode or whatever, you know, where you, where you start to think about, or, or clockwork orange, where you go, how much, how much, if, if these uh, large bodies exist to limit liability, how much, truth is uh is allowed to be told or or what is being is is what is being conveyed authentic where where is it authentic um you know i i especially you know i i just think i think back to covid when covid came out and how much hesitancy i had about that and and just remember reading about hey i've been on i've been on these drugs prescribed by this certain company by for 16 years and I wasn't told all the information that was, I, I did not have informed consent and, and how much informed consent is in our society. And have we dwindled it to the point where when we're voting, are we even, are we even aware of the liability that's happened? There's already liability that's been being violated. And, and if, if we live in a state where that liability, the information is not being um, talked about or, or, channeled enough, do we even have an informed vote or informed consent in our day-to-day -day lives? Like how much of that is, is real and how much is, I, 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 you know, I, I just, so I, I hear what you're saying and I just, I, I hope that a lot of people are waking up to that and, and kind of see, and that isn't so much a critique of what you're talking about with like free markets, right? That's more of a critique of um, corruption that happens regardless of what the economic policies are, I think. And, and so 
I'm just, I'm fascinated by that conversation though. Cause yeah, it yeah. does come back to how much authority do I have over my body? You well, know, you know, uh, corporations themselves used to exist, uh, for a limited time period. Like if you go back far enough to the history of corporations, they would be created primarily for, for, uh, international trade. Mm. They, so they were just functional bodies that would allow nations to trade with each other. Mm. Um, so you, you could trade with a, a nation that had a completely different legal system, right? Um, so, but they would put limits on They would say, this, this can only last for 20 years. Like term so, limits, kind term, of. Yeah, yeah, and then it would dissolve because they understood the nature of what they were dealing with. If, if, a, if, a, if you say this acts as a person under the law and then you say this person never dies, then what you've done is you've created a god, psychologically speaking. This is like uh, um, idolization or, or what does right. that say in the, in the, at least in the Abrahamic faiths, right? Well, is like, and, and look at how yeah. corporations work. In, like uh, if you want a good job these days, people tell you you should go to work for a very large company because that's job security. You want insurance? You literally want to survive and not be sick all the time? You need the providence of a corporation. You need to uh, subserviate yourself to a corporation, swear your your allegiance to this corporation, this God, yeah. this man-made God, and that that corporation will ensure that you have a good life, a blessed life. You'll be healthy. You'll be taken care of, um, and and all you have to do is just do what what the corporation wants you to do. Follow the corporation's ten commandments, right? <laughs> Whatever that is. I mean, and and each one of these corporations gets to create its own corporate culture. Yeah. Um, so I'm not saying corporation in and of itself is always yeah. bad. But right. the potential for bad exists. It's higher. It's yeah. much higher because yeah. the function is to reduce liability, which right. liability is just another word for responsibility. Well, gods can't be held liable. That's right. that's kind that's of right. like yeah. the nar- common narrative of the cyberpunk world, right, where people sign deals kind of with the devil, so to speak, which is the corporate, whichever corporation that they're getting paid by to do security or research or whatever, and then they end up mysteriously disappearing or like, you know, like um, they end up some, something horrible happens to them where they're, where they're, you know, cybernetics are hacked and it's a mystery, like who did it because they're paying other people to do other things, which are paying other people to do other. So that never comes back to responsibility for who's in control. Shell corporations for your own morality. Right. I I find it interesting that we're talking about this through a, a pop culture lens because like Kurt, you were talking about Fahrenheit 451 and, yeah, and Clockwork yeah, yeah. Orange, and I'm reminded of uh, Justin. Are you caught up with? Uh, you caught up on House of the Dragon? Uh, yeah, I just finished okay. the last. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, me okay. too. Me too. You guys so, are spoiler so, alert. Spoiler. <laughs> well, <laughs> not not really, but but there's a there's an aspect in that uh, in the most recent episode um, that was played on in in Game of Thrones and you know thousands of other pop culture entities where there's a character and and she says she reminds someone in authority you know we you only have as much power as the people allow you to have and and you see that theme in in so that's like a super common theme uh in in you know medieval fantasy in in science fiction um and it it makes me how my my question i guess would be how can we have you know even even people that aren't in tune with with politics or or with some of these some of these kind of high idea you know 30,000 foot concepts we all know that like we give corporate entities power you know we give the government the government's power you know 
they can burn our crops and take our homes, but they can't take our freedom. Uh, <laughs> and yet, and yet, how how do we know all of that deep down, just by the pop culture that we consume? But we still allow, you know, some of these corporate entities to get <coughs> away with with murder because and we're comfortable. We're so comfortable that we don't have any. We don't have a fight. We don't need to fight because we're well, comfortable. All of my <laughs> needs are taken care of. I don't care about yours, basically, mentality, yeah. right? Everything Lack that I empathy. need is delivered to my house, right? Mm. Right. We were just talking about that. Everything that I need is right in my little bubble over here where I don't have to deal with anybody else. I get to hibernate and hide away over here while this person's world is being burned to the ground, but that doesn't affect me. Yeah. And it Whoa. doesn't affect me until it affects me. And once it affects me, then it's a problem. That was uh, that was Huxley's argument versus Orwell, you know, 1984. So Orwell wrote 1984. He was worried about a totalitarian dystopia where people were so disconnected from information and, and through torture that they were not able to rebel. Well, Huxley was worried about that we were so comfortable in pharmacologically fed, uh, artificially, you know, happy that we would have no reason to rebel. He called it the final revolution. I think so, both, both are true. Both yeah. played out and... and yeah, we couldn't have predicted that both would play out that way. Yeah, but it's very fascinating to see how two opposites have somehow synergized. Yeah, the mm. nightmares of two men both it's, came yeah. true. Can you yeah. do me a favor and say "Wake up, sheeple, Kurt"? Just underlined. <laughs> I just need it for a, a project. I'm play, play the new Tom you, McDonald track. Oh my sample gosh. me? Are you <laughs> gonna sample me? No, no, no. <laughs> Just say what you want about Tom. He keeps releasing the same music and it keeps blowing up. And he keeps making money. He found his niche. Like, it's funny. He'll he'll release an absolute banger of a paranoid remake of the same song he just did. Um, And the music's always high quality. And it always sounds good. Yeah, it always sounds good. And then he'll do something that absolutely no one cares about. And then he'll do another remake of... So it's like he's got a formula... Mm-hmm. Eventually, people are bound to start paying attention to the other stuff he's doing. No. But the numbers are like 10 to 1. He releases something that's not political, and you look at the YouTube count, it's so right. low compared to like well, fake it, news. Or I noticed yeah. some people hate him because he's like, oh, you're, you're an American nationalist or a conservative or whatever. It's like, well... What what so you're a you're a transhumanist globalist like what is what is the what is the dichotomy like what why why shouldn't we be taking care of our own backyards like um I I just I'm trying to understand that that divide more like we don't know we don't well, know Tom McDonald's Canadian <laughs> well he's American damn it <laughs> very North <Okay>. American <laughs> well but but he's got a lot of the traditionalist kind of like you know that well, I'm not he I'm lives not, here now but I'm he not was, saying he's I, Canadian right <laughs> I just I'm just watching a few of his songs and no. I, I don't know him that well but but he does you know that's what the that's what there are that's what I'm saying is that, like I've seen some of the arguments against him and I don't follow him enough to know that that dichotomy as well but I just I just struggle with that you know where he's it's like well you know um uh, well, in in that to me comes speaks to a larger issue of psychological helplessness. Do are we are we are people so um, hurt and hopeless in the world that they believe that there are no rules to be followed left and there's no good left in the world? And that's that speaks to a larger nihilism that's kind of scary uh, to me when I see that. Is is that? Wait a second. Are you saying that we're kind of post morality here because of how badly the truth has been? I think I think the truth and and justice have been. In a lot of in a lot of places, um, 
you know, just slaughtered in terms of its, its, you know, validity or, well, or it's to push back on the nihilism stuff, just to give us something to feel good about. This is how I think about it. I think, okay, it does look hopeless. It does look like, how could we possibly turn this ship of state around? Um, and it, it seems sometimes like just numbers wise, the people aren't ready for freedom, right? Yeah. So it can be kind of discouraging. Um, but then I look at things like Moore's Law or Kurzweil Curve, and I see how there's there's an exponential curve in Kurzweil's prediction that there is an exponential curve towards the singularity. So so as as technology progresses, it doubles in half the time, getting faster and faster and faster and faster towards. So the technology that we will be looking at next year um, would have taken us a decade to get to that point if it weren't next year. And then the following year, we're going to make way more progress and way. So it's just this exponential <laughs> increase. And I believe that that is how we, as humans, I think that is a biological predisposition. We, we tend to think of our artificial world, like microphones and recording systems and podcasts and video, as somehow a deviation from our biological norm. I think this is who we are. We're biologically predisposed to make things, create society, create tools and systems to increase our productivity. We use words and language in the same way. And I think that there is going to be an exponential curve in our awareness as well, and it's going to seem almost psychic because we, yeah. are, we as a society will just suddenly become very aware of the threat that has encroached hmm. upon us. But it's That's just fascinating. Not, it's, just uh, we don't know the lions outside the cave until we hear it right outside the cave. And then we become hyper-aware. I think that's what's going to happen. I'm not discouraged. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think you can see that throughout history, too. We were talking about this last Mm. time Josh was on, but just, like, the the level of technology. You look at, like, the the level of technological advancement from, like, the 1500s to the two, like, the 1900s, and then you look at the level of technological advancement from, like, 1900 to 2000. We did not have a working airplane before yeah. the year well, nineteen hundred. That's, that's the argument for space travel is that they say they say, Well, you don't think we can go to space? Well, we, we went from not having anything to landing on the moon within a hundred years. <laughs> it's like, well, right. when you put it like that, I yeah. mean yeah. it's within one like really one, one lifetime. lifespan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, like music production, uh, there's all these AI apps. I just heard an AI rapper. Yeah, I know. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, <laughs> but it's crazy. They took her germs. <laughs> they canceled him already. Well, oh, did they? Because it's racist, I think. Yeah. Digital it's, blackface, they said. But Yeah. Well, what's amazing, though, is here's this mediocre-sounding rapper, but the fact that the fact that I didn't know instantly that this was AI, yeah. the fact that I was fooled into thinking this is a mediocre rapper— tells me that next year they're going to have the ability. It's, like it's, like Kanye should be able to drop all of his tracks into an AI modeler and then sit back and let it pump out There's already Kanye technology songs. to do that. Right. I mean, it already exists. Yeah. Yeah. It makes the music for him. He never has to do anything again, yeah. and they make money off of his face. Right, yep. so you have a catalog. So now these artists that are owned by corporations, they can become corporate property uh, indefinitely, in perpetuity. <laughs> well, Tupac will be back. That's a cyber. Yep. That's like because a cyberpunk. His so not all bad. Owned. So not all bad. Well, well they'll create an AI, and then you go to a show where he's a holographic performer. Holographic Tupac. 
<laughs> they already do stuff like that I for f- some artists. I feel like this, uh, this... We never have to lose Michael Jackson or yeah. Tupac music again. Right. Michael Jackson without all the stuff we don't want to think about. Well, yeah, well, we don't... <laughs> AI Michael Jackson We're can't do any of that. That's right. That's right. So you have to take two... There's two Michael Jacksons. There's Michael Jackson, the musician, and Michael Jackson, the man. And well, I... Logically, I know they're the same person. Courtroom stuff going on, uh, like oh gosh, it's AI versus AI. Well, I feel like this (laughs) has come up a lot. (laughs) This has come up a lot recently because of the big like AI generated art that we've seen. Oh that's been a huge conversation. And and some of it's pretty impressive. I'll be honest. I've seen some AI art, and I thought, wow, that's have you have you used it? It's mesmerizing. I sat there for hours just looking at images like... Maybe don't admit that you're getting paid by the organization to type in... As an artist, I'm kind of bummed about this, though. Let me tell you which app. As an artist, I'm kind of bummed about all that, though, because now not only are you competing with the vast amount of talent in the the world, you're now going to have to compete with something that can create the perfect song digitally out of no, like... I mean, they take all Based the greatest like songs in the world and, and they can yeah. throw them all into one little thing and it can create a new song that's better. Well, it's just like the dichotomy that exists between local music. Like 50, 60 years ago, you had to depend on local musicians if you wanted to hear music. So the role of local musicians uh, a century ago in, a, in each community was a much better role than now. Now, if you're a local musician, you're up against literally the best musicians in the world. Instantly, just to get a show in your hometown, just just right. to exist, to be considered valid in any way, people don't compare you to other local musicians anymore. They compare you to the best in the world. Hmm. So, so now that same thing is occurring with musicians, even the best musicians. Now they're going to compete with technology that can do what they do but better. I I have a question, and it doesn't necessarily need an answer. Um, if if there is a piece of artwork that is generated by an AI, is the artist the programmer or the programmer? That's a good question. I think that's not a question that's even been existentially, like, we haven't even... Well, a big reason why that one artist was canceled is because the guy who created the AI program was white. Right. And then he created an African-American AI system that would take other music from around the world and compile it into its own and create its own music, and it would say the N-word. Well, they assume, so, they assume he was supposed to be an African-American AI because he says the N-word, but what if he was never intended to be an African? What if he was intended to be a white AI, as if there's such a thing now? AI is racist? The, I don't know. I mean, I don't even know how that this works That was the anymore. argument is that the guy who created it was racist. And because, why he was shut off. Because it uses the N-word. But I would say if you're feeding a bunch of – because these AIs don't work from nothing. They work from whatever you feed into it. So if yeah. he just dumped his whole hip-hop library into this AI, right. it's going to come it's gonna out sounding – It's going to feed off of that, right. It's going to sound like most rappers. Unless you, like, just fed – if you fed it a strict diet of, like, Eminem, <laughs> NF, and, like, <laughs> who's another and Tom white McDonald's. rapper? Sad and white Justin guys. Pendergrass. Yeah, then, sad white guys. Then you would have – yeah. <laughs> That it would be a white rapper. Uh, white yeah. rapper AI. No, my AI gets a strict diet of death metal, so it just sounds like white noise <laughs> when it plays. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I was having this conversation about, about the AI art piece where, you know, someone was asking, like, well, how do they even how do they even know if I type in pink elephants, what is pink and what is elephant? And I was like, well, 
you know that thing that you do and you have to go on a site and enter your information and it goes, check all the boxes that are penguins. Do you know what you've been doing for the last 10 years? You've Giving been telling AI art what a penguin is. That's fascinating. And now it, it it's smart enough to know 10 years ago, it would have, you could give it a thousand pictures and it would be able to do a pretty good job. There's a fascinating video uh, on this about, uh, by CGP Gray, um, who's an educational YouTuber, all about how AI bots learn. Bots yeah. will take a thousand pictures and based off of human responses, it'll go, okay, that's a penguin. That's not a penguin. That's a penguin. That's not a penguin. Penguin, not a penguin. Penguin, not a penguin. And it'll get it right to within like a 99.3% of like penguins versus not penguins. Well, then that information will be sent back to the bot that makes the, the bots that know what penguins are and penguins aren't. And then they kill all those bots except for the best penguin, not a penguin bot. And then they make some connections here and some connections there all based off that one bot. And then they do the same test. Okay, penguin, not a penguin, penguin, not a penguin, penguin, not a penguin. Now it's 99.4%. Same process over and over again into infinity. And that's how we get algorithms. 10 years ago, it was penguin, not a penguin. Now we have algorithms that are able to determine this is a penguin. This is the color pink. This is what the shape of a penguin in right. is. Penguins are birds. They have feathers, it's, blah, blah, blah. It's almost, it, it's taken a while, but we've, it, it's almost like we've taken these algorithms from like preschool and now they're like, they're like third, smarter. fourth grade. Right. They're like fourth grade. They're like, I know what a penguin is. I know what the color pink is. I'm a fourth grade algorithm. Well, and, and by next year, like Josh was and saying. And like what Josh was saying. <laughs> by next year, exactly. it's going to be able to That's tell you what a going. Tesla is and how fast that particular model can go. Like, it's going to be able to. I'm telling you, if you've used Dream Studio, it will haunt you how, how <laughs> like, it can just generate images. You can get very, very specific images in detail. And you can turn up the scale with, it's got, like, creative liberty. And you can you can adjust that for its interpretation of the image. It's it's just it's kind of it's haunting. I know what it's our podcast well, logo is. It's going to be a special podcast <laughs> logo today. You know, I I was talking with my buddy about it. He was sending. He was fascinated sending yeah. me this art. He's like, "Give me some prompts," and I was giving him prompts, yeah, and yeah, it, yeah. he was sending it back, and it was blowing our minds. Yeah. And we were talking about okay, so eventually you'll be able to put a script in. Yeah. For like a play. And yeah, it'll be able to create, and it. it'll create like a, a an animated version. So we'll right. be able to create animation um, by saying in the style of. Uh, this artist, yeah. Escher, do, uh, yep. here's the script. Right, right. Boom. 30 minutes later, it pumps out an incredible looking animated piece of right. art. We're already getting there is what's fascinating. Right. It's is just around there's AI services that offer, enter in a prompt. The AI will generate a story based off of that prompt. It's not very good. But, but it will be. But it will be. Yep. Yeah. Barring nuclear holocaust... It will be. I find. I finally went on Reddit because I had a question I wanted to crowdsource. Right. Okay. I want an our a hot takes. Well, there's so many AI apps now for music, right? And you can pump in whatever, and it'll pump out a song in the style of this artist at this whatever in this key. Different ones give you different parameters. Um, I want to be able to take a song like I write and play guitar, and I tend to do that with an acoustic guitar. There's tons of people like me out there. Who, who write songs with a guitar 
But then it's so cost prohibitive to get a band together, mm-hmm. go into a studio mm-hmm. and record it because you got to record all these raw instruments. It's not like digital. Imagine an AI where I could take a song, I, I record it with my guitar and voice, I give it to the AI, and I say, in the style of whatever, give me a backing track. And, and give boom. me drums, and give not me a only, bass. And not only that, give me multi-track recordings so that I can mix it and keep the parts I like and augment it with real instruments if I choose to. Right? So now... You, it pumps out a, a great sounding version of this song with your original recording as the bed. The drums match up to you. Uh, everything's perfect. And if there's anything you don't like, you delete that part. And if you don't like the whole thing, you say, okay, now in the style of this. And you could literally pump out 500 yeah, recordings yeah. in a day, all of which sound great. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean... You can I, mix I, and match, I, right? I mean, Again, how how what how real is is what we're what we're living in? You know, when you go to and then you go to social media and you hear about the bots in the social media, and then the news stories could be written like that, and it's like you get to the point where it's like, you know, I I I hope that everything <laughs> I know is right. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, what is that you know, meta thing that they're creating? You know, it's yeah. like an online social fail? group. I, I heard that it's been a massive failure. It, it's it going to come back. Great. It doesn't know that. Uh, it doesn't matter. I think matter eventually, that it's there. eventually, we're going to get to like virtual reality, like quasi Ready Player One. But it, we're not there yet with that. And yeah. I think Facebook is, it has jumped the gun. Sorry, Meta has jumped the gun as far as like virtual reality. But mm-hmm. I, I think eventually, based off of where we're going as a society, we'll get there to where it will be a normal aspect of life or like you know i'd love it if if i I, as a kid played a lot of halo and i would love it if there was a version of halo that i could play through where it's the exact same you know halo combat evolved 1999 campaign except i'm in some sort of like motion track suit and i'm like walking through on on some sort of like virtual reality like i'm doing they have games where you can do some stuff like that it's just not like it's just not like advanced i think eventually it'll be advanced and when i'm 50 i'll probably break my hip trying to like dive out of the way of a grenade (laughs) in virtual reality you're gonna sign up for Neuralink for elon musk (laughs) i don't know about that i don't know about that which is what Neuralink is where you can cybernetics so when like you can hear they implant it in your head and then everything that you think gets done they they had a remote control pig like Elon Musk did a with Neuralink, he did a demonstration where they had implanted a chip into this pig's head, and they could make the pig do what they wanted it to do. Mm, don't know about that. Don't like that. <laughs> that's gonna well, be a requirement I, to get your paycheck someday. Well, this well, <sighs> and that's that was my thought too because you know I grew up in this yeah. hyper religious world right. where where I was constantly being warned about this coming yeah. antichrist mark of the mark beast. Mark of the beast, the microchips of the mark and, of the beast. And, and the first <laughs> thing out of the gate is a pig, a beast. Yeah. Right? And here's this chip and it's like, okay, so that's so it's very hard for me because I was just indoctrinated with that information so early and for so long for me to look at the way these things are developing and not think, wow, be kind of suspicious. Maybe they were right. Maybe I mean, they were. I mean, I always felt lie, like I'm they suspicious. were right, but I didn't expect it to be so on the nose. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you were hoping that. It's like, how did they know the this timeline would be a little 5, more? Thousand years ago. Yeah, right. So, like how? So this scares me. So I'm going to ask Josh. I think a question that Josh and Justin will be able to run with a little bit because this is this is really freaking me out. I don't want to think about it. Um, so I I listen to music bad. I'm a bad music listener in that I do the same thing I did when I was uh, seven years old and I had a song that I really, really liked and I would listen to it 
over and <laughs> over and I still over do that. and over yeah, and over same. and over and again. I don't know if, yeah, this might not just be a me experience, but an everyone experience. And I'll have like the same song for a month. Like that's my song. And maybe it's like a group of like five or six that I'm frequently listening to in that month period as, as ones rotate in and rotate out. What now that we have AI that can generate and, and create music, is it possible for me, like what, what causes my brain to associate, to latch on to, to music? Cause sometimes it's not even the message in the song. It's not the lyrics. It's just like, like I can listen to something and immediately the first time listening to it, it's like, I like that beat. I like that rhythm. I like that chord progression. <coughs> like how is it possible for us to get to the point where instead of me, like through not, you know, I have like Spotify or the radio on and I hear a new song. I'm like, Oh, I like that. I'm going to, you know, maybe it's an older song and I look up what it is. Maybe it's a new song and I add it to like my playlist. Is it possible for us to create music where I just type in an AI and I'm like, Oh, that's a banger. That's a banger. Like just, is I'm going to get a song that I, that I will enjoy instantly every time. Well, that's the theory behind the algorithms on yeah. the streaming services. But I, my experience is that they suck at this. <laughs> Oh, like, no, they definitely... They never give me what I... I have to seek out what I like. I so hear... Like, yeah. I type in Lecrae, and they give me every Christian artist that's right. ever rapped. Okay. And, and that could be anything from, like, the bottom of the barrel all the way up to, like, Lecrae-level Andy Minio right. people. And, and but like the, Andy Minio. But whatever makes you like Lecrae and what makes millions of people like Lecrae over all these other wannabe Christian rappers... Uh, is something that's very hard to describe, right? You know, it's, it's like a feeling. It's a feeling, and I and that and they that's the secret sauce. And they don't know how to measure that. They don't know how to measure feeling. Yep. Mm. Unless they start the conversation of like, how does this song make you feel? I heard this song recently by Blessing Offer. Mm-hmm. You know this artist. He's a Christian artist. He, I haven't uh, heard of him. He, he just did a song with the guy from uh, DC Talk that was just up here. Oh, Toby. Toby Mac, he just Toby did Mac. it. But um, he's got this song that from the moment I heard it, I was just hooked. It's it's such a feel-good. And I probably listen. Spotify probably thinks that this guy loves Christian pop. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're going to suggest a <laughs> bunch of Christian yeah. pop I, right. music. I've listened to it. It's at the top of my most played for like a month now. It's What's just, the name of the song? Uh, let's look at here. I need to, I mean, kind of sidebar, not to totally derail us, but I do need to know. Now. You know, and I've listened to his other stuff, and I've started following him online. Blessing Offer, O-F-F-O-R is his name. Um, he spelled it wrong. It's called My Tribe. Mm. And it's just such a pop, like, earworm type thing. And it's not like there's anything special, but it goes to what Justin was saying. It's feeling. It mm. feels so great. As soon as you hear it, you're just like, oh, man. And I think that great. that's eventually what people are going to be able to tell the difference between the AI yeah. and a person who wrote it. Is they I won't mean, have that They're feeling. not going to have the feeling. They're going to hear it, and they're going to like it, but they're not going to get the feeling, the humanistic approach, the, the human part. It's like that connection piece, right? It's not enough for me to talk to you over the phone when I'm trying to help you. It's, I have to be with you. You have to feel mm. what I'm feeling when we're having a conversation. Right. You're not going to get that with an AI. Like the paintings, they're going to be beautiful. Mm-hmm. But, but I don't feel think that anything. you're going to feel anything like you do if you see, you know, the actual Van Gogh right. art. Sure. As, you know? as opposed to an AI that is very, very good at making art that looks like Van Gogh. Well, in the same I way, think so. In the same way with the music Van Gogh, when you see it, 
like there's all these art critics that talk hoity-toity about this stuff, but most people, they go see some beautiful art and they're affected by it, but they don't know why. But they nope. can. But in the presence of great art, almost anyone can recognize, like you see it on the internet and you're like, what's the big deal? But then you actually go see Van Gogh, which I did years ago. I was blown away. When you yeah. see the actual work, you're like, oh, I get it. But you still can't tell why you get it, you know? Because like, every one of us feels something different when we look right. at his art. But it provokes a feeling, which is what all the great art aficionados tell you is art should provoke feelings. It should provoke a response. That's why Kanye and, is such an artist because he did the White Lives Matter thing on his shirt. And look how much response it got. So, people are mad. And they're like, why did response. you wear that? He said, because they do. And that's art, right? That is art. Whether or not it's provocative... Uh, some art is just more provocative than others, but it's art because of all the feelings. That line, of course, in a fame, famous Kanye song and also in our intro, no one knows what it means, but it's provocative. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Gets the people going. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening to part two with Josh. Definitely got into the weeds a little bit more about some of these high society topics next episode of Diagnonsense will be finishing our conversation with josh freifogel we're going to continue to kind of dive deep into some of these subjects that we're all passionate about so be on the lookout for that final episode with josh it'll be releasing two weeks from today's release date so until we see you again have a good rest of your day stay safe out there